Hey friends, welcome back to My Sister Made Me View at the 1999 Roswell edition. We're getting ready to post our next episode. Uh, Megan and I are on vacation, so we're setting this up early so we don't disappoint you, our wonderful listeners. But we do have to make a correction before this goes any further. Megan has claimed that we are the longest running Roswell podcast is not true there is one other roswell podcast that is still posting it is called welcome back to roswell i'm sure it's great we haven't listened to it yet uh i didn't want to be biased in how we recorded our podcast but just so everyone on the internet knows we are still a baby when it comes to our roswell podcast even though this podcast has aged me by 96 years You're going to be the same age as Grant by the time it's all old as rocks. (laughs) So anyways, everyone, sit back, relax, grab a drink, grab a snack, and here we go. My sister made me view it. Roswell, the 1999 version, season two. Season two, two, baby. We made it. Oh, so happy you're here. Uh, if you're joining us for the first time, welcome. This is a podcast where Megan and I are sisters, and one of us has picked something, a book, a movie, a TV show, something that the other sister has refused to read or watch for our, our many, many years of being sisters. This is my pick, and I am making her watch all of the 1999 Roswell TV show. And uh, we finally made it to season two. <laughs> and I am not going quietly into that good night about it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, today, today, we are going to talk about Roswell season two, episode three, surprise. Everyone, it's been a minute. It's been a minute since we've recorded, so... It's just been a minute, so we may stumble over our words or have to pause, but uh, I'm ready to get into it. There we go. In this episode, it's Isabel's birthday. And we start in media res. Are you so proud of me that I, I know that? I am so proud of you. Thank you. For those of you who didn't go to art school, in media res <laughs> means in the middle of the story. <laughs> Uh, right. So, so I was actually afraid for a quick second when we started watching this because I'm like, oh no, my episode's clear at the end <laughs> because it's Isabel in this very fancy party dress, like walking through this abandoned factory with a flashlight clearly in the, like right before yeah. this big climactic thing is going to happen. <laughs> clearly. And so I'm just like, oh no, I'm trying to rewind it, but no, it's at the beginning. So in this media res, everyone. That was a... Uh... One of my AP Lit uh, vocab terms. Mm-hmm. One of yours, too. We both took it. Uh, but she- we both took it. Some of us did better than others. <laughs> Only slightly. Um, 
But it's very, very funny to me because the dress that Isabel is wearing is very reminiscent of a dress that she also wears in Grey's Anatomy, except her her Grey's one is pink, but this one is, is, you know, red with flowers and stuff on it. And I just would really like a Grey's Anatomy crossover with this specific episode because, and I know I've ranted about this before, she's called Isabel in both shows. Yeah. But she has found Tess, and Tess is beat up. Tess, like, can barely walk. And so Isabel is, like, dragging her out of this factory, trying to carry her. And and Tess is quite a bit shorter than Isabel, you know. And so Isabel has sort of, like, a an advantage. But um, Tess just looks like she's about to keel over and die. So they decide to kind of take a stand and... <laughs> They go into like a abandoned room and she's trying to brace the door and everything. And, and she's barefoot in this abandoned Ugh. building. Like, hopefully Glass she's up to date bad. on her tetanus shot, you know, like, ooh. and there's a glow from under the door. What's going to happen? The person who's been chasing them, because they have been being chased. They've been mm-hmm. being chased. They've been the, being through chased. Through the factory. <laughs> and Emily, I would like to posit to you that I know it's not in the story the same place, but I think this is the same uh-huh. place they filmed the old soap factory. I was going to say that. <laughs> Again, no bubbles. Ridiculous. No bubbles. Zero out of ten for this episode already. <laughs> but the door glows. And then it bursts open. And the light fades. You know, so it fades off of Isabel's face. Where the camera's facing at Isabel's face. And she goes, it's you. It's you. And then the, then the title card starts. And so I was like, Courtney. It's Courtney. It's obviously Courtney. Listeners, I was very shocked. It spoilers will not be courtney when we get to this reveal nope 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 do you remember who it is now yes i know who it is now i know who the alien is i'm not (laughs) as clueless as agent pierce who apparently you were telling me is the very worst possible person they could have chosen for his job (laughs) yes we're gonna talk about that when we get to it so r.i.p agent pierce you're gone but not forgotten and we're gonna talk about you still Okay, so so it's been a while since we watched this episode. Mm-hmm. So correct me if I'm wrong, but aren't Isabel and Max supposed to be twins? Yes. Why do they have different yes. birthdays? Okay, so here is something that I... Here, here is what I'm going to posit. Because <laughs> I think you'd ask this before, and and then I got caught up in the episode... I think that because even though they were adopted together, I don't think the people either at the orphanage or the Evans mom and dad believe that they are related. But I would, listen, this is just my theory, okay? I don't know if it's right or wrong. Maybe they let them pick their own birthdays. Okay. I like to think that the showrunners just decided it wasn't important because Emily this week in the news it was revealed that the showrunners of Stranger Things forgot about Will's birthday in season four 
even though clearly the date, March 22nd, is, like, listed as his birthday in season one, and stuff is happening in season four, film footage is happening on March 22nd, and nobody mentions that it's Will's birthday at all, oh, and no. the uh, the showrunners admitted, they're like, yeah, we didn't track it very well, we just, like, picked a random date, we forgot that we'd already used it, and I'm like... <laughs> justice for will <laughs> this poor boy deserves so much better <laughs> so anyway i'm waiting until part two of four comes out of season four because i mm-hmm. am not getting hung up on a cliffhanger listen netflix you have created your own monsters you used to give us entire seasons at a time and everyone binged it happily because that's just what you did. You're never breaking me of this habit. Well, I've explained to you why they break stuff up now, right? Yes, for to get people to come back yeah. and, you know, they stretch seasons over months so that you keep your membership. and Yeah, because like you said, you will binge however many episodes they drop. It doesn't matter how many they do. I, I wish Netflix went back to weekly releases. No, don't say that. I will say it, I'll, and you'll hear it again. <laughs> I wish Netflix goes to weekly releases. I like weekly no, release shows. No, I hate it. I like having time to talk stuff over with my friends or like, did you see? Because it's really hard if you're a, you know, a trained marathoner like Emily. What if your friends can't watch a whole season at once and you just have to wait and wait They're and wait? They're weak. <laughs> Anyway, binging can be fun, but I wish more shows were released week to week. Netflix, are you listening to this podcast? <laughs> Mr. Mr. No, don't Netflix? listen to her. No. Mr. Netflix, I know we're watching a Hulu show, but uh, Netflix, can you hear me? <laughs> Please release shows weekly. <laughs> Anyway, uh, can I tell you what my theory is about the twins' birthday debacle? I think they are twins, Mm -hmm. but Max likes to live his life hiding behind a tree, and he knows Isabel loves attention, so I feel like his birthday gift to her was planning this big party, because he he doesn't need a big party. I would like more information on the situation behind the adoption of Max and Isabel. Because we've had some, like, stories about, oh, yeah, when we first brought you home from the orphanage, that sort of stuff. I just, and I know I'm complaining about the same thing again. It boggles the mind that the sheriff was like, Maxwell Evans was adopted under mysterious circumstances when his sister was also adopted under the identical (laughs) mysterious circumstances. (laughs) But But now the the boys matter. Yeah, now the sheriff knows. Uh, I, I bet he you... feels stupid. I bet he does. Did they invite the sheriff to the birthday party? I don't think they did. Well, like you said, Max has put this all together. And Isabel, this is a complete surprise. Okay, listen. I'm not putting this out in the universe as a challenge. Okay? Oh. I'm not. I'm not. Right. <laughs> okay. I'm not. No, can I finish? I have had several surprise birthday parties in my life. I have found out about each and every one before they happen, which is good for me because guess what? I have severe anxiety having people jumping out and yelling surprise. <laughs> it's not conducive <laughs> to my sunlight. Oh, man. <laughs> so. 
challenge not accepted. No, don't. <laughs> no, you guys, Emily I hates don't. birthday attention. Like, if we're at a restaurant for her birthday and I, I even suggest a whiff of let's have people sing to you, she's like, I'll kill you in public in this restaurant right now. <laughs> Just kidding. I will tell That's them you're lying and trying to get free dessert. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like something I would do, though, actually. <laughs> Okay, two things. So that happened one time. We went out to a fancy, fancy dinner. It's called the Chef's Table. It's no longer, no longer here. Uh, R.I.P. And my friend was trying to get the waiter to be like, "Hey, it's her birthday. Can you sing to her?" And he's like, "Is that true?" And I look at him. I said, "It's absolutely not true. It is not my birthday. Do not sing to me." And he goes, "Okay." And he brought me a free dessert anyway. And he's like, "It's on the house, and no one will sing to you." Big tip for you, sir. And the other one is there is a uh, Brazilian restaurant here. I don't know if it's outside of Utah or whatever. It's called Tucano's. But you get uh, a buy one, get one free meal when it's your birthday. And me and our youngest sister, Mikkel, have a pact that we go for each other's birthdays and we just, you know, split the meal. And our pact is we will never have the people come sing to us. And we tell the restaurant person you know we tell the waiter waitress we're like listen here's our coupon for the free birthday meal do not do not tell anyone it is a birthday we don't want to hear maracas we don't want to hear singing we don't want any attention and if you tell anyone you are not getting a tip we have said that to people before if you tell anyone it's our birthday no tip for you and they're like great got it cool and so then we tip really well because they don't say it's our birthday <laughs> i want to stuff my face with food on my birthday and not have anyone sing at me is that too much to ask do you know what emily it is it is too much to ask because i have a september birthday so oftentimes emily and i will go out to celebrate our birthdays together and this means i don't get sung to <laughs> <laughs> Listen, if you if I have enough of a heads up, I'll leave the table. <laughs> I'm just there by myself. <laughs> I'm at the table by myself while the staff comes to sing happy birthday to me, the alone girl who had to take herself out for her birthday. <laughs> Listen, you gotta meet me halfway here, okay? <laughs> you wanna get sung to, it's alone. <laughs> All right. Well, everyone has made it to the Crashdown Cafe for Isabel's birthday, except for Alex. He has some lame excuse. He can't make it. He's still getting dressed. That's what the excuse was. Courtney is there serving. She has not been invited to the party as a guest. She has been invited as an employee of the Crashdown Cafe to serve the guests. This is apparently it's closed for a private function. And she has a tray of... I don't know if it's water or what, but she waves her hand over it and does, I'm assuming, molecular magic because it all turns into Cokes. Yeah. So uh, I wish I had this power that I could just create a drink. Is this molecular magic? Emily, wh- what are the skins? We will probably find they? out more in this episode, but I just... <laughs> <sighs> I'm still irritated by the molecular magic. I'm like, give me more. I would like more facts and figures. I'm afraid that they have recast the Evans's dad again. I think we've already had three different dudes. 
but dad is not here. Dad is apparently off on some business trip. And, you know, Isabel is going on about like how surprised she is about this party and everything. And the mom's like, well, why are you so dressed up in a fancy dress if you didn't know about the party? And Megan, why is she dressed up in a fancy dress? Well, she's like, oh, uh, I had other plans. Emily, who is her other plans? It's Grant Sorensen. The 30-year-old. Well, I mean, he, they have never said his age. What if he is a college student? A grad student? I don't think he's 30. Okay, uh, I think he's 45, actually. <laughs> Listen, if he's already a geologist... That means he's a college graduate, and if he was anything like me, then he's at least 27. (laughs) How many times do you think he had to take statistics? (laughs) At least two. Normal people have to take statistics all the time. (laughs) I'm going to interrupt again. Um, I think it's great that Max uh, did a surprise party, and I'm sure that he would have tried to find out if she had any plans that night that's another reason i don't like surprise parties because what if you show up to your house really fast to grab something everyone's there for a party you're like "Mm, i actually have other plans i have tickets to this thing you guys enjoy peace i'm out (laughs) which is kind of what's going on here grant brings her purple roses which are her favorite and apparently are really expensive expensive and rare emily do you have a favorite flower hmm Yes, but now I'm drawing a blank. Like, I like hydrangeas. Mm-hmm. I like roses. Mm-hmm. I think irises are some of my favorite flowers. They're nice. not very conducive to, like, bouquets and arrangements, but I, right. I love a good iris. The iris. What about you? Tall. Tall. <laughs> uh, I like seeing daffodils growing out in the wild and snapdragons. Uh, my favorite in a... Not really a bouquet, because I think you kind of have to get them in a pot, but I love the amaryllis, which is like that tall, mm-hmm. straight flower that has four red blooms at the top, like a loudspeaker. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, there you go. I like the amaryllis. And I also really love the Japanese peace lily uh, because of hot fuzz. <laughs> I actually got one after that movie came out, and I, I took care of it really? for a couple years. But then when I got cats, I got rid of all my, my indoor plants. Your cats and their propensity to chew on things. Yep. Anyway, Isabel's mom is on my side. She's like, oh, Dr. Grant, when's your birthday? And he's like, December 7th. And she says, and what year? And Isabel's like, mom! (laughs) Okay, listen. I am agreeing the age gap is not appropriate. What I'm frustrated about is the mom, listen, Isabel has made her choice. Don't shame her in front of her friends. Talk has, about it later in private. Has has Isabel made her choice? Because everyone else thinks it's still her and Alex. Oh. Listen, I don't know. Has I she, just... has she, sorry, has she told mom about this geologist at all? I mean, they're just getting introduced for the first time. Listen, it's her birthday. Let her do what she wants. <laughs> Emily? Kids are stupid. I know she's 18 now, but I would, listen, if it was my kid, I would definitely roast them publicly. I'm very sorry. This is why I'm not appropriate as a a parent, I guess. Isabel is 
not caring what other people think and she sees that he's bleeding grant has a cut and so she goes to take care of it and he's like oh i must have slipped down a ravine or whatever just like and as she like holds the mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> as she holds the napkin she starts getting this weird vision these flashy vision uh like just kind of images like red swirly images and and she's like okay i don't know what that was um <laughs> grant is the one who's reading the room he's like okay so obviously it's not a great time for a date i will go and isabel's like or you could stay and then michael says or you can go <laughs> like come on guys they're so mean to isabel everyone's so mean to isabel they didn't want her to be friends with tess when tess came around they're always telling her no you can't tell your mom that you have powers they always tell her no let her have something okay but does that something have to be a 58 year old geologist (laughs) no it's definitely not does it have to be a 117 year old vampire Uh, so after the vision isabel drops her coca-cola on the floor except it's probably not real brand coca-cola it's skin brand coca-cola gross weird disgusting. ew because well, the skin lady made it uh, okay fine ew, molecule no, I... brand coca-cola <laughs> okay listen i don't want to get into it but <laughs> i cannot drink orange juice with pulp in it because to me it's like moth wings in my food Okay. And now you're like skin Coca-Cola and all I can think of is Coca-Cola with pulp in it. <laughs> it's grossing me out. I told you about the time I had milk with pulp in it. No, stop. <laughs> I think our listeners deserve to know. No. Okay, you you tell them I will go la 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 la. <laughs> uh <laughs> Long story short, I left some chocolate milk in my fifth grade science classroom over a three day oh, weekend. I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it would be okay because it was in an insulated lunchbox. I was young and a fool and didn't quite understand how refrigeration worked yet. And I took a big swig of it, and there was texture in the milk, and it wasn't oh, chocolate oh, anymore. Megan. Oh, and Megan. I'm, then I I'm, thought. Ugh. Maybe just the surface is bad. I should take another taste. No! And then I ended up over a storm drain just like spitting and also crying because I wanted this chocolate milk so bad. I had bought it special (laughs) on a Friday and forgotten. Oh, dear. Listeners, if you quit... Our podcast over that story, I completely understand. No, Go in peace. Don't do it. It wasn't that bad. Listen, Emily and I have very different levels of tolerance over grossness and and uh, things on television. Mine's near zero. <laughs> Megan's is near 100. Okay, have you guys watched that Hot Wings, that Hot Wings show where people eat hot wings and then talk about whatever charities or works that they're doing on uh so i sent emily a video of um 11 from stranger things just dying and crying over like level eight hot wing and i said emily this is you with sriracha (laughs) (laughs) 
Because I put... true, I'm very white. Yeah. I'm, like, one of the, the aliens. I put Tabasco and Sriracha in, like, all of my food that I cook and I make. <laughs> and I was like, Emily, it's really good. Here, let me... What was I trying to make for you? I was trying to make something. And you... Noodles, maybe? Yeah, you just would not let me put any sriracha on it even a little bit and i'm like but it's the flavor and you're like it's not worth it it's not worth it and i'm like fine i'll make the it's dish incorrectly <laughs> listen even sometimes the house dressing at cafe rio is too spicy for me we have got to build up your tolerance are we is that the apocalypse rules are we only going to be able to eat spicy foods in the apocalypse and if i can't eat spicy foods i'm gonna die i would like to travel the world with you to places that aren't great britain (laughs) (laughs) i don't want you spice i I don't want you to starve to death if we go any place. <laughs> I'll just get chicken nuggets wherever we go. Yeah, I don't. I don't want you. Yeah, <laughs> they may not have chicken nuggets everywhere we go. I know. <laughs> oh, Maggie, you're the best. I really appreciate Thanks. you. This is why uh, Ginger Town takes place in Ireland. <laughs> because your character couldn't survive anywhere else. (laughs) Anyway, uh, while Isabel is trying to deal with her confusing flashes, uh, Liz is working late unpaid at her uh, government job. Don't do it, folks. Don't work late if you're not going to get paid. Don't work at all if you're not going to get paid. That's also true. Um... The congresswoman, you know, the congresswoman, she's not like the other congresswoman. She's a cool congresswoman. And she and Liz are are (laughs) acting friendly at this point. But basically, Liz is just waiting for her to get out of the office so she can do some dun-dun-dun teenage sleuthing and investigation. Mm -hmm. But she also lets it slip that she's going to a party. And this woman, this congresswoman goes, a party? I'll come too so I can meet my constituents. I'm like, that's inappropriate, okay? We had the sheriff being inappropriate season one. This is our new inappropriate level of, and rude, inviting yourself to a party. I don't care that you're this congresswoman. It's not your place to be. It's definitely not. Listen, don't invite yourself to other people's stuff. Yeah, don't do it. Well, speaking of inappropriate, it escalates. Because this congresswoman has file cabinets full of CDs. Yeah, and it is CDs of recordings of Liz. She's Uh being tapped. Yep. And uh, this part, I don't know how she got out of it. But the congresswoman comes in, because Liz is listening with headphones on. Uh And she looks super guilty when she takes them off. And the congresswoman walks back in the room. But they never explain how she gets out of it. So I was just like, come on. Oh, they never do? They don't, like, cut to later? Well, it doesn't matter because the congresswoman dies by the end of this episode. I'm so mad. I'm so upset. I thought we 
were going to have a really, I'm sorry, I couldn't keep it in any longer. I thought we were going to have another really cool long-running antagonist. And by another, I mean, finally, a really cool long-running antagonist. Because, listen, the sheriff was a long-running antagonist, but he was not cool. And (laughs) they just twist. She's an alien. Bam, she's dead. And I'm like, what? (laughs) Sorry if I spoiled the ending of the episode. It was a very shocking episode like it was a very like bam revelation bam revelation bam revelation Ugh. which megan listen do you remember at the beginning of this podcast where you're like they never learned anything now they're learning so many things now they're learning emily i will say season two has been a big improvement on season one that like stuff has happened in each in each episode but like you said we don't see how liz gets out of it because we have to cut back to isabel and max having a fight about how Isabel can't have anyone new in her life, period. It's just not allowed. And he's forbidding and her. He's forbidding her because he's the prince of whatever, some random <laughs> planet that none of them have ever been to. He's got the divine right to rule. <laughs> he's like, it's dangerous to let in anyone new. And she's all like, okay, but you and Liz... And Liz has basically been the person anyone who knows now is because Liz has told them the secret. Isabel doesn't say Mm -hmm. that. I say that. Liz is a horrible secret keeper. She's told literally (laughs) every single person that knows except for the sheriff. And he should have figured it out ages ago. (laughs) Uh, And Isabel is like, I know how to date someone to keep my mouth shut. You can't. Which is true. And... She also calls him. She's like, listen, you're just saying this. You you know, basically, yeah, maybe you're the king, but not to me and not in this lifetime. <sighs> and they, like, zoom in on Isabel's face and they zoom in on Max's face. And, like, you know, Max is like, I'm going to lay down the law. And Isabel's like, you can lay it down. I'm just going to walk all over it. I'm like, yes, Isabel. But the tension is broken. Because she is still getting these flashes, this and this like really painful headache, um, and the the party's interrupted because there's a policeman that has come wanting to talk to Isabel. Megan, what is wrong here? It's so I was going really fast through the subtitles and I misread policeman as a Pokemon, and I was like Pokemon, <laughs> but uh, Alex is here. Dressed up as a policeman for a very special gift because he is soon to be undressed as a policeman. (laughs) And he's doing... He turns on some music. He's doing a a 18th birthday appropriate strip tease. Although very awkward. (laughs) Did he not realize that there are parents there? <laughs> apparently not because no, there are standing in the back the parents standing in the background are looking and being like what is happening and all the kids are like ha ah, this is so funny <laughs> uh, he doesn't get too far he's still got his tank top and his and his pants on but uh emily I'm sad for Alex because Isabel is under the thrall of a 900-year-old Time Lord geologist. <laughs> <laughs> and I want her to be with Alex, who's really cool and really sweet and really nice. And who is very respectful once he sees that Miss e- Mrs. Evans is there. <laughs> once he realizes that there is a 
uh, parental guardian in the room. (sighs) (laughs) Meanwhile, though, Max tried his best to bake a cake. Nope. (laughs) Michael tried his best to bake a cake. (laughs) I don't know if you guys heard the 90s internet startup sounds emanating from my brain as I was trying to process. (laughs) He's trying to bake a cake and Courtney's trying to bake a relationship. That didn't make sense. But she's flirting (laughs) and she's licking frosting and... Uh, Meg, did you catch what flavor of cake this was? Tabasco cake. And I believe I yelled about that when we watched it. And I was like, Because, y'all, I know I said I put Tabasco on a bunch of stuff. Cake is not one of them. Maria stands her ground and tells Courtney, that's my man. Taken or hadn't you noticed? I noticed you didn't bake this cake for you. The tension in the room is cut by Alex coming in and freaking out over the fact that he took his clothes off in front of Isabel's mom. But you know what? Maybe he and Isabel could go on double dates where she could date the 2,000-year-old geologist and he could date her mom. Is that equally inappropriate? I don't know. Oh. He doesn't even know she doesn't like him anymore. It's sad. It's unfair. It's just as bad as when... It's just as bad as when Kyle still thought Liz was in love with him at the beginning of season one. And speaking of Kyle, (laughs) uh, he gets to complain about his new roommate situation to Michael and some featured extra I've never seen before. But he's complaining about Tess living at his house and leaving her stuff all over the apartment. Yep. Yep, and and <laughs> go ahead. Oh, poor Isabel's mom should just not have come to this party. Yeah, she is being. Listen, I'm not gonna say a killjoy. Just let teenagers be teenagers, okay? Like you could just go sit in the back, make sure nobody's doing underage drinking, and let teenagers be teenagers. Kyle's complaining that he doesn't want to see a girl's bra or have a girl scream at him about leaving the toilet seat up unless she's doing him. Because this is a CW show and that's the language they use. And Isabel's mom overhears this and it's like, Ah, hi, I'm Isabel's mom. And it's like, Isabel's mom. (laughs) This party's not for you. But also, I think (laughs) Isabel is like grossly overdressed for her birthday party because again she's in a prom dress to go on a first date with a geologist listen people can dress how they want to go on dates with whomever they want okay gosh i don't know why i'm so listen okay here's what it is i don't like being told what to do i once i make up my mind with something if someone says that's a bad decision or you should do it a different way it gets me really upset because I've already thought it through. So like I had to go get LASIK redone on one of my eyes and I couldn't drive myself, especially because I had Valium at the time because I had a lot of anxiety. And so I set it up. So all my, you know, I had a ride there. I had a ride back. Everything was good. I told mom after it was over, I'm like, oh yeah, I had LASIK done on my eye and this is what I did. I had people drive me back. She goes, you should have asked someone else to do it. You know they would do it for you, right? But I was just like, I'm an adult who arranged her own rides and you don't like 
the way I arranged them. You don't like the people I picked to drive me home. So I think maybe that's where a lot of my animosity is coming from. Uh, It's interesting you bring that up because the very next conversation that Isabel and Michael have, uh, again, brings up uh, Isabel and Matt. No, I was right the first time. You were right. Am I drunk now? But Michael brings up that you're not supposed to be with that guy. And Isabel says, oh, like I'm supposed to be with you because they're destined married lovers. And so I wonder even if she's going for a guy that everyone thinks is inappropriate for her on purpose because she's rebelling so hard against being told that this very appropriate guy is your destiny. Ooh, I like that. That's a really good, that's a really good insight into her character. Thank you. Although if it was up to me, I just would have dated Alex harder. I would have never <laughs> dated him. But uh, they bring out the Tabasco cake and as everyone's singing, Isabel has a vision. Everything's flashing red and Tess is shoving her way through the crowd, beaten all up and saying, Isabel, help me, help me, help me. And she's obviously the only one seeing it. And something's going on. And so, oh, go ahead. Oh, I just want to start calling these Visabels. <laughs> Visions of so, Isabel or Visabels. <laughs> <laughs> so they call the aliens together and are like, who has seen Tess last? Where was she going? Why is she not here? You know, um, Courtney is very judgy because Courtney just walks in on everybody's conversation is like, trust me, no one's going after Tess. All that eyeshadow, absolutely not. I'm just like, girl, girl, girl. You also wear eyeshadow. <laughs> <laughs> but also, I think this is good because the the audience knows that Courtney is a. Is there a name for them besides skins? The skins. Okay, so Courtney is one of the skins, and the audience mm-hmm. knows that. They made sure to double remind us in the previously on. And so I think this is, again, she's the red herring of she's not the one who took Tess. But the audience is supposed to be like, oh, it's uh, guilty parties always insert themselves into an investigation. That's why she's uh, creeping in on their convo. Mm-hmm. Uh, Max postures someone who could be responsible for Tess's disappearance. And it's Grant. He doesn't like him. And... Is like, Grant did it. I'm like, okay. Just because you don't like someone doesn't mean you can accuse them of a crime. But they get interrupted because Maria and Liz show back up. Maria is appropriately, oh no, Tess is missing. Oh no. (laughs) But Liz tells them, hey, guys, we're in trouble. Uh, Congresswoman Whitaker has been taping me. She has tapes of me. I don't know why she hasn't busted me yet. Obviously, she's still here hunting aliens. Oh, yeah. And she's at the party. They're like, out there? Party out there? (laughs) Isabel, she's at my party? (laughs) And everyone's appropriately miffed because you don't just invite yourself to the party. Like, I don't know. Like, you hear about famous singers or rock stars showing up to the parties, things like that. But, like... It would. It's very weird for a politician to show up to a high schooler's birthday party. Yeah. No, Megan, she's meeting her constituents. It's very weird because <laughs> most of these kids can't vote. That's true. 
Ugh. Uh, so they send, they, they instead of having her go send Whitaker off, they tell her, oh, you need to keep her here. You need to keep her occupied so that Michael can go search her office to see if we can find any, any, anything about this ladies. And the mom is like, it's such an honor to have you here. Finally, someone, Isabel's mom, is excited to have at the party. <laughs> because that's, listen, if you're trying to set your kids up for a, a bright future, yeah, you want them to know congressmen and women and, you know, people who have power or whatever. And I don't know. I, Isabel hasn't shown any tendencies of what she wants to do, quote unquote, when she grows up yet. So I don't know what the... I don't know. Uh, her aptitude test says that she's a caretaker. There you go. Um, I applied to the one college I wanted to go to, not realizing you were supposed to apply to a bunch of them. Thank goodness I got into the one college I applied to. I was so, so ignorant of like, oh, you need an internship. Oh, you need all of these things. Like, I had no clue. I was the oldest. And so, no, you know... Yeah, no one had yeah. ever done that before. Uh, I also only applied to one college because I very specifically wanted to get into their international law program. And thank goodness, after I got accepted, I found out they had a really killer animation program because I was like, oh yeah, I'm going to do that instead and completely obsess over it for the next 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> Good thing. Oh, well, they decide it's time to open gifts. So Isabel goes to open a gift and there is an unmarked gift. And there's a little like alien plastic figurine in this little box. And no one will fess up to who who has put that there. And Megan, I want to ask you, do you think Courtney put that there? Or do you think uh, Congresswoman Whitaker put it there? I think Courtney put it there. Because I think Courtney definitely knows and is just messing with them. So, is it confirmed which of them killed Nisado? No. Okay. I think Courtney killed Nisado, working independently from the Congresswoman. So, uh, like the Congresswoman reveals, you know, there'll they'll be a bigger reveal later on in the episode, but I think Courtney is the one who killed Nisado. Although... Based on this show's in-universe morality, it's probably not okay that Isabel killed the congresswoman unless she was a murderer first. So maybe she's the one that killed Nisado and Courtney's going to end up being our friend because Alex has to date someone now that Isabel is obsessed with a nine million year old geologist. <laughs> See, I would argue that I think the congresswoman brought it and put it there i don't because she was so insistent on coming to the party oh and i guess since she's tapping everybody she would have known about the party ahead of time but um i think she definitely bought the alien from maria's mom <laughs> <laughs> uh anyway more presents from the dad who's not here anymore because we've already cast three actors as him and we can't do anything else <laughs> but uh <laughs> Isabel begs off basically from opening any more presents because she keeps getting these visions and she wants to go find Tess. Like, if you remember, Tess really did become Isabel's friend first, even even though everyone said she couldn't 
So I kind of like that they are throwing this back to her friendship with Tess and they're they're really like reiterating that, hey, Tess and Isabel are friends, even though it's weird that her brother is supposed to be a Tess, but, you know, loves Liz, but Liz doesn't like Max right now and they're broken up. And anyways, this just reminds me of high school all over again. But Don't you have a lot wants... of aliens and visions in your high school. No, I'm just saying so and so used to date so and so, but now they're dating so and so. But the first so and so was really mad about it and didn't want to break up in the first place, or they pretended they wanted to break up in the first place to make the other person jealous. Blah, 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 blah. There was one set of three guys and three girls in our marching band in particular that ended up dating every single straight permutation of each other. Within, like, two years, and it got very <laughs> tangled. We're like, yeah, yep, I remember. <laughs> um, so Isabel wants the keys to the Jetta so that she can go drive, and Maria straight up says no. <laughs> Last time she lent out her Jetta, the back windshield got shattered. So she, Isabel tells her, fine, you drive me, but we're going to go find Tess. And Liz is left behind to distract Mm-hmm. So they go into this a little deeper because Isabel says, listen, Liz, I know you don't like Tess, and we, but we have not treated her well, you know, and I feel bad about that. And Liz straight up says, I don't trust her. So Liz thinks this, thinks this is a trap. And, and it's just kind of like hammered home even more because we get the sheriff and Max looking through Tess's stuff to see if there's any clue as to someone she's with or a place she would have gone but they go through her address book flip through her address book and the only people in it are the alien kids like that's this it is, this is such bad trail covering like that's so obvious and it's so weird mm-hmm. you at least write it in code or something max feels that he is vindicated because vindicated. they find a cell phone they call the last number that Tess talked to. Who is it? Okay, but it's the geologist, but like very clearly. Oh, wait, I misunderstood what the scene was. They were looking for Tess. Why did I think they were looking in the congresswoman's place? They are. Uh, Michael is going there next. So right now we're following okay. Max and the sheriff, and then we'll All go right. to Michael. My bad. I thought that the day planner they picked up was the congresswoman's. This is clearly the okay. sheriff's house now. I'm recognizing all of the glassware. <laughs> I don't know why they're looking through the sheriff's own house in the dark. It's his house. They can turn the lights on. <laughs> like, that's allowed, isn't it? <laughs> is he trying to save electricity? <laughs> that's why I thought they were in the office. Is it's com- They're completely in the dark. <laughs> I can't see why you were confused. It's your own house. Turn on the lights. <laughs> but anyway, I wasn't fooled by like Grant Sorison as the red herring for even a second because he literally mentioned that Tess told me about the roses. Mm-hmm. And I don't think Michael overheard that portion. So like I understand why Michael would be suspicious, but I mean Max would be suspicious. Good catch. I saw you put your hand <laughs> to your face and I was like, don't, don't anyway um as we're swapping scenes and we really are in the congresswoman's office this time this time with a ton of red light but still Mm -hmm. in the dark i would like to bring up again 
how much I hate Michael's season two hair. (laughs) (laughs) I miss the tall, spiky, confident hair. And I I don't like the the floppy. I don't like the floppy hair. (laughs) So here's my question. Do you think it's all in red because of Isabel's visions that are, you know, a lot of red light? And do you think that this is tying it into tying it into it was the congresswoman who did this and here's mm-hmm. your lighting cue or whatever i think that is a good connection i also think that they wanted to differentiate between okay how are we going to light the sheriff's house with all the lights off and how are we going to light mm-hmm. the congresswoman's house with all the lights off um <laughs> because even though both scenes are uh majority in the darkness they still were able to like again i love the lighting in this show i love this team and what they do but yeah i think that's a really cool early connection to isabel's red red dreams Mm -hmm. michael is searching through the office and finds surveillance photos of courtney and so they already know that liz is being surveilled and now we find out courtney's being surveilled and so what's going on um And the congresswoman shows back up. Liz did not do her job well enough. The congresswoman is back in the office. And so Michael has to sneak out the back. Yeah. Um, We didn't see Liz even try. This is, again, like, (laughs) we don't know how Liz got out of that first situation. And now we don't even see Liz attempt to hold the congresswoman in place. Like, I I feel it was an episode length thing again. Like this has happened before where the episode was like a little long and they needed to cut it down. But I feel like we're missing some hugely important Liz scenes. Um, But Maria and Isabel are able to find Tessa's abandoned car. And, you know, Maria's trying to posit like, oh, maybe the paramedics already came. Maybe she's fine. Everything's good. And then Isabel picks something off the, like, hood of the car, and it's a piece of the the skin. Skin skin people. And she's like, nope, she was taken. (laughs) Like, this is not good. And it it dissolves as soon as they touch it. Now, here's something. Mm -hmm. Have we seen any non-alien touch a remaining piece of the skin? Because we saw Michael pick up a piece, and now we've seen Isabel pick up a piece. Oh, we saw Max pick up a piece. Okay, yes, yes. I'm sure they're delicate enough this would happen to anyone, but I'd like to think there's some sort of electromagnetic molecular signature stuff that when the alien touches the skin, they dissolve. (laughs) But uh, Isabel talks Maria into off-roading in her Jetta into the middle of nowhere following the tire tracks, like... These girls are very smart. They're following clues. They're able to, like, figure out where Tess ended up. They're pretty sure. And it's an electric power plant. And there's, like, some, like, the chain link fence has been, like, torn aside. And Isabel is like, I feel that she's in there. I have to go in there. And Maria is freaking out. She's like, no, I, I, we're not going in there. And... Isabel's like, we cannot wait. We're, I'm going, you go get everybody else. Cause there's no cell phone signal at this point. Right. right. Uh, which is a great way, which is a great way to get your characters 
from point A to point B. If you can't physically talk, to, if you can't talk to them on the phone, you have to go physically talk to them, which is a great yeah. reason to get Maria out of the way, quote unquote, of this scene of Isabel going off and and saving Tess. But she rips her dress. She has to take her shoes off. It's hard to rip that thick of satin silk fabric, whatever it is. So she probably here's used the some thing. alien magics. <laughs> Isabel can just fix it. That is true. Yeah, yeah. So listen, if I could have an alien power, that would be at the top of my list is like taking stains out of clothes or, you know, fixing holes or whatever. I just, that would save me on my clothing budget. That would be great. Uh, mine would be unlimited Coca-Cola from my mind. <laughs> <laughs> rent you out at birthday parties <laughs> <laughs> or, or but what if it's it's like a whole um tantalus thing where i'm the only person that could drink it right <gasps> no yeah. what if it's like really a tantalus thing where i can make it but only other people can drink it mm-hmm. that would that would, that would suck oh uh listeners for those who weren't Greek myth obsessed children. Tantalus is the guy who's <laughs> cursed in Hades to always have a bundle of grapes dangling above his head and fresh water pooling around him. But anytime he tries to bend down to drink the water, it goes just out of reach. And anytime he tries to reach for the grapes, they also go out of reach. It's where the word tantalizing comes from. All right, tangent over. The Tantalus tangent <laughs> has officially terminated. <laughs> <laughs> So All right. Max and – go for it. Oh, I was just going to say I'm so excited we finally have a scene where somebody calls the sheriff on his crap. <laughs> <laughs> because Max and the sheriff have snuck into Grant's – I don't know if this is a rented room. It doesn't look like a hotel room. Um, it's um, but it's Grant- not rented. It's granted. <laughs> <laughs> but Grant scares them, comes in. And the sheriff immediately pulls a gun. (laughs) Zero gun safety in Roswell. (laughs) Horrible police force in Roswell. And the sheriff is like, you know, they they tell him why they're here, that Tess Harding is missing. And he's like, I don't know her. Why'd you call her on the phone? She's Isabel's friend. And, And the sheriff finally puts his gun away and says, oh, I'm sorry. It's just procedure. And Grant is like, oh, I'm sorry. Procedure? You're here with a minor in my hotel room pointing a gun at me and you don't have a warrant? How is this procedure? And the sheriff actually has the dignity to look ashamed. And Grant is like, you get a warrant or don't come back at all. And the sheriff's like, eh, if you hear from her, call me. And I'm like, <laughs> Grant is absolutely in the right here. Yes, he is. So Michael's following up on the clues that he found in the in the congresswoman's office of just like, what are these pictures? So Michael is worried that Courtney is working in tandem with Whitaker because Courtney seems to be everywhere all the time always sticking her nose into things and showing way too much interest in Michael um and he he accuses her of spying of being in league in cahoots with agent Whitaker and he actually gets a little violent Michael okay stop calm down um and he just pushes and pushes and pushes to get the reason why why does she have these photos why 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 and Courtney finally blurts out like i was sleeping with her stepson and he was into drugs 
And I'm on a congresswoman's personal watch list because of it. But here's the thing. Stepson. Does Pierce have a son? Like, did we know that the congresswoman was married? No. Is this? Okay. I think this story might be one completely made up that Courtney just like had this lie ready to go. Or two, an indication that we will see this stepson someday, and maybe he's our new recurring villain. But, like, this was such a wild and very detailed story, and if it turns out to be not true, you know, obviously hilarious, but if it turns out to be true, how does the congresswoman have a stepson? That means she's married to someone else who has kids. Pretty sure she and Pierce weren't married, that they were, like, just dating. Were they having an affair? (sighs) It's brought up a lot of questions. That's what a good story does. <laughs> if this never comes up again, listen, a good story brings up questions and eventually answers them. All right? So we're officially on step Congress and watch. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, Isabel has made it into the, it looks like an abandoned electric warehouse it's the old soap factory (laughs) (laughs) but later like the generators are running so there should be like a night security team here but no one's there but we see isabel use we get a new power we get a new molecular power metal bending (laughs) yes that's what i was gonna say (laughs) she pulls a top She uses her powers and she, uh, because there's this really thick steel door and she basically melts a hole in it so she can reach through and turn the handle. And then this is, it picks up where the episode started. And so this is where we find Tess and run and get to, you know, get to rescue her. Um, And so we get up to the door where the door opens and Megan, I have to tell you, so I have watched this episode, but I forgot it was the congresswoman. Well, I forgot she was the one behind the door. You're you're missing a bit first. We cut to um, everybody's trying to call each other on the phone, trying to get answers. Uh, and oh, okay. So guess what? We do cut back to Liz at the party, who apparently hasn't distracted the congresswoman at all but liz is trying to do her job and cover for isabel and we're intercutting this with the scene that we saw of them running and i think the reason why they do that is they didn't want the audience to completely tune out from a scene that they've already seen before um and so they they sprinkled in a little bit of this new conversation with liz and the mom to make it still feel a little fresh a little good but anyway like you said, oh, she and opens... I found something interesting about that scene because Liz covers well for Isabel. She says, "Oh, she spilled punch on her dress. She had to go home and fix it. It was upsetting her." And the mom completely gets it. She's just like, "Of course it did," because that's definitely something Isabel would do. What? Mark your calendars, everyone. This is the very first time that Liz Parker successfully lies to an adult. <laughs> <laughs> She's true. She has heretofore never told a convincing fib even once over the course of this show. And apparently over the summer, working for a congresswoman, she learned to lie. (laughs) She learned how to lie. And because that is something that would happen. I just love the way she phrased it. It was upsetting her. Mm -hmm. 
because it fits so well with the persona that Isabel has crafted because the mom says, oh, honey, sometimes she won't leave the house if there's a hair out of place. And it it switches over, it hard cuts to Isabel completely disheveled, dragging Tess through an abandoned electrical factory. Um, and it just made me sad that this is definitely a part of Isabel's life that her mom knows nothing about. And how Isabel is so much more than the persona that she puts forth. And I just love how complex Isabel is becoming. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She she went from kind of just... Popular. Yeah, she went from just, just kind of like a, not a one-note character, but very like she's the popular, beautiful cheerleader with the posse and everything, to she will go by herself to save her friend and you know not wait for backup or anything and so i i just really really i think this is one of the most telling scenes in the whole episode mm-hmm. and uh her mom could have known about it if michael wasn't such a brat <laughs> i mean max oh come on. <laughs> this is why we shouldn't wait so long between roswell episodes my max versus <laughs> michael muscles have atrophied <laughs> but here's the thing like okay let's say her mom knows about this how's her mom gonna help like her mom has no way to protect isabel has no way to fight like isabel is clearly capable of protecting herself like i just feel i just i feel so bad for everyone involved because like, as a parent, you want to be, I'm assuming, I'm not a parent. As a parent, I'm assuming you want to be involved with your kids' lives and help them where they're needed. But Isabel and Max's uh, status in life is so uh-huh. far out of anyone's wheelhouse. They have to do it on their own. And how lonely that has to be. Yeah. <sighs> well, the congresswoman's the bad guy. But, like... Oh, so Megan... Yep. I I told you, I saw this episode before, right? I've watched this season before. I'd forgotten that it was the congresswoman. I thought it was going to be a different character. And the congresswoman is the one that shows up. And so it was a huge surprise for me. I was just like, (gasps) (gasps) I remember you telling me, because here we are, we're only three episodes in and the congresswoman dies. Unless the skins can revive from the dead, which... You know, Nisado, they were able to revive him from the dead once or twice. Uh, you thought she was in much more of this season than she is. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering if maybe she is only temporarily dead, which I would really appreciate because I think this is a fun and interesting villain to have, especially because she was uh, allies with Pierce last season's villain. Who, Emily, should we talk now about how yes is very yes, terrible okay. at his job? Me, 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 me. Okay, this is another reason Pierce was terrible at his job. He was in charge of the alien hunting division. He was dating a freaking alien and he didn't know it. He's so bad at his job. I can't get over that. He had an alien in his grasp. Uh, He had an alien in his bed. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> he had a Balian. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess it's a running theme of this show that law enforcement is bad at their job. So the congresswoman admits that she really was after Isabel, even though she took tests. But she goes, you guys don't look like you did in your last lives. And all of a sudden, Isabel is going, oh, my gosh, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so we get not really a villain monologue, but we get Isabel finally getting some answers to whatever's going on because, you know, the congresswoman is saying, well, I needed one of the female alien hybrids. It was 50-50. Now I have you. I'm very surprised you came. I'm so impressed with you. Where's the granolith? And Isabel's like, the what? She's, She's like, like the granolith. <laughs> and during this conversation, Emily, we we were a little wrong. She does admit to killing. She does admit to killing Nisado. Oh, uh, okay. But we also find out that Isabel, apparently in her past life, was a secret traitor working alongside the Skins. That she mm-hmm. was allied with the congresswoman before. Her name was mm-hmm. Villandra, which is such Villandra. an evil villain. Villandra. Such an evil villain name. And I just, that's hilarious to me. And, yeah. and she tells her straight up, we killed Nisado to protect you from your other alien, Max, Michael, and Tess. You belong with us. And she's talking about how Villandra had a great love. And for that love, she betrayed her brother and her race, which makes me think that Michael was not her great love from before. Emily. Megan. Emily. Megan. Is Grant actually a 300-year-old alien? (laughs) Is Grant actually... Isabel's love from a previous life, and now they found each other. Has it been grand all along? Grandatha. <laughs> Was geology <laughs> all along? <laughs> is this man as old as the rocks he is studying? <laughs> but here's the thing, is that the aliens are not their past selves. They're clones of their past selves. Mm-hmm. Are we going to meet their real past selves? I just, this is this is feeling very, if Grant actually is a, an Isabel's, sorry, Valandra's one true <laughs> love, this is feeling very Dracula going after reincarnations of his lost lady love. Because a reincarnation is not the same as... Like, body Mm -hmm. does not equal experiences and memories, you know? And, like, even if you get a perfect physical clone of someone, unless you can, unless they have a perfect brain scan of their memories, I personally don't think it counts as the same person. It's just someone who looks like you. It's not actually you. Which is why I would make out with my own clone, because it wouldn't actually be me. It would just be someone who looks like me. Emily, would you kiss your own clone? You don't have to answer that. I don't know. That's not a query I'd ever actually thought about. I'll have to think oh. about it. Emily, sci-fi wise, and if if my projector is correct, 
do you think if Grant is the exact same person, not a clone, if he is the exact same person that Villa Novella, Telenovela, what's her name? Villanueva? Valandra. Okay. He's the person that Valandra was in love with. <laughs> is dating Isabel the same thing? I'm going to say, okay, so here's the thing. I'm still a little hazy on this because, yes, their bodies are the human hybrid clones, but they were, like, given, like, memories or something. I don't think they – we haven't seen them have any memories yet. Mm-hmm. They were given like a they book were... of instructions, and they That's were true. given – um like how to make alien babies uh instructional videos in their minds but i think it was going to be up to nasado to teach them about their previous selves and Mm -hmm. i don't think because again my my hope for this season is the fight of destiny versus free will that Mm -hmm. it's the same as saying it's like someone saying you're a clone of your parents because they're what made you when mm-hmm. your parents' experiences and your own experiences make you very different people. Even though your parents can raise you to be very similar to them, you're not a clone of your parents. You are an yeah. offspring of your parents. So even though they may be made with the specific genetic material of their predecessors, they're, they're not their predecessors. They're some sort of progeny does that make sense Mm -hmm. yeah well here's the other thing like there's the whole like do you clone your pet thing i mean putting aside that it costs like 50k to clone your pet you are not getting the same animal you are getting an animal that looks exactly alike but like my dog if i were to clone him i would never ever be able to clone his personality like he (laughs) is the sweetest (laughs) kindest most wonderful little little dude (laughs) anxious nervous dog and it's sweet you love him but yeah like like the idea of of isabel and max and michael and tess being clones that i think in theory was a really good idea i i mean if you're if and listen this was 20 years ago when i watched it so i don't remember all the lore but if like these aliens are very into like the pure bloodline then of course you'd want to clone your bloodline but you're not going to get yes. the person that you cloned. Like, yes, agree. Unless you have some cool sci-fi helmet that right. can, like, you know, which put may your happen. Body swap, you know. Yeah, I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna count that out for the show because molecular magic can do anything. If they get the memories back of their old selves, I would like to imagine. All right, predictions corner. Here we go. I am going to put my money down on the fact that. At some point, one of them is going to be almost possessed by the original version of themselves. And my money would be on one of the boys. Uh, If it's Max, then it's going to be like Liz's true love that brings him back. Uh, And if Mm -hmm. it's Michael, then it's going to be Maria that brings him back. Although they may start doing a weird love story with Michael and Tess that I'm not 100% on board for. But okay, whatever. Um... I meant, I meant Courtney. What is wrong with me today? I don't uh, know. I don't know either. I need to have pictures with their names underneath them up on the board as, as we go through this. But anyway, 
I'm betting at some point during this story that during this season, I'm even going to pinpoint it to this season, that one of the characters will be possessed by their original selves. And I'd like it to be Max because I'd like to see Liz, true love's kiss from Liz, break him out of it. Perfect. I love it. I love it. But yeah, there's a lot of fun new windows opening up now that we're getting more answers and more lore. And I feel like in the first three episodes of season two, we have more answers than we did in all of season one. But, but. You said, you said, Megan, oh look, they get more answers. But once again, the source of all their answers gets instantly destroyed. Anyway. Well, why, Megan? Do you think she shouldn't have? The congresswoman starts fighting with alien powers. And there's there's a cool chase through the abandoned factory with, you know, cool red lighting and stuff. Anyway, they end up on a stage that, I kid you not, Looks exactly like the final boss stage from Kingdom Hearts 3 Monsters Incorporated World. (laughs) Like, this is exactly where we fight the new fear goop monster. Uh, And they, they did some... There's some green screen work in here for sure. Like, there's a, there's a low down shot of Isabel where she's in front of a bunch of background stuff, and it doesn't feel like she's very well integrated into the BG. That may just be the lighting. Um, But anyway, they also don't indicate where... uh, uh, Like, there's a shot of Max throwing open a gate when the police car is driving up and Isabel looks to the side, but we don't actually see where the gate and the car are in relation to Isabel and what's her name. But anyway. I think she could hear him. I don't think she could see okay. him. The congresswoman, she rips a huge cable out of the wall and starts shooting electric sparks and fire and Isabel yelling, I'll destroy you, I'll destroy you all if I have to. And Isabel uses the force and folds the electricity back on her. And it uh, eats up the congresswoman in a ball of fire and she turns into plastic bag confetti on the wind. (laughs) Then everyone runs up and I'm like, you need to have masks on because you're breathing in contaminants to your lungs. Well, you know, most dust around your house is made of dead skin cells. So we But not other people. Not a freshly dead. Not a freshly dead body. It's really dry and crumbly. We probably don't have to worry about it. It's just like normal dust. Okay. But they all walk up and it's, it's, there's a lot of ash floating in the air and, and, uh, Tess looks terrible, you know, and the sheriff carries her out, carries her her to the car, her new dad. And everyone wants to know what happens. Like a plastic bag. And through the wind. <laughs> Isabel gives them some answers that, hey, Whitaker killed Nisado, and all of a sudden, so we remember Michael's killed a man, and okay, so here's the, here's the thing. Okay, so Michael's killed a man. Now Isabel has killed a person. She's super torn up about it. She goes to Max for comfort, and he goes, "Oh, hey, you were right about Grant." 
you should trust your instincts. I'm like, she, this is not the time or place for that conversation. But she's yeah. very upset that she's she was capable of killing someone. And I don't know if she was afraid that that the congresswoman would tell them, like, this is my secret past. Or, or if it was truly, hey, I'm self being, I'm killing in self-defense. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And so I, I don't, I think it was probably a mix of both. Um, but like Max is saying, like you protected Tess and I know that if I were in that situation, you would protect me too. And so she's trying to, she's trying to figure out like, would I, I mean, I think she totally would a hundred percent obviously, but she's still reeling from this revelation that this woman is basically said you were a traitor and you're the reason your whole race is dead. Hmm. mystery mystery michael michael's just like hey listen it really sucked after pierce and so i will talk if you want to talk i'm like oh michael emotional growth good job buddy to talk it through as a crew speaking (laughs) of everyone check out our new our flag means death coverage first episode went up today oh it's so exciting But Isabel has some thinking to do, so she goes to the pod cave where they all emerged as kids, and she has a very emotional moment here. And I think acting to no one, I would think, is very, very difficult, even if you even if you have, like, you're one of the best actors in the world. But she does so great here because she's talking to the alien mom you know she's saying hey it's my birthday and she starts getting more and more upset about like how could you leave me here how could you send me here and she ends up throwing something at the pods it clatters through the pods she climbs through and goes from this dusty spiderweb cave to this pristine shiny machine and she immediately goes this is the granolith this is what congresswoman whitaker wanted so we're left with a mystery yes so red is the main color throughout this whole episode and it's the the Mm -hmm. ominous color and a lot of this scene is lit green and i'm wondering if uh it was if the opposite colors will come to represent the aliens versus the skins and uh that is something i'll keep an eye out on or if it was just it looks really good and beautiful in this moment and it's what we've set up with the pods before Mm -hmm. so that was season two episode three surprise yes so the next episode summer of 47 all right so we will be watching next time. We are going to be watching season two, episode four, summer of 47. Megan, any guesses as to what this will be about? When did the pods crash? When did they crash? I don't remember. Emily, when did the pods crash? September 26th, what year? I think that was just the day they celebrated. No, no, no. October 25th is Isabel's, Isabel's birthday. birthday. Yeah, September 26th is a very important day. (laughs) Yeah, it's the Crashdown Festival. Why would you celebrate the Crashdown Festival on a day that's not when the ships crash down? 
I don't make the rules. Anyway, uh, I'm going to guess it's going to be about Sheriff Valenti's dad. All right. Sheriff's dad. Um, is it Kyle's time to shine in this episode? No. Oh, okay. Uh, Grant's going to be back. And we're going to see Grant in the flashback. And we're going to find out he's as old as the rocks he studies. <laughs> Sounds good. All right, friends. Thank you for tuning in to My Sister Made Me View It, the Roswell 1999 version. We hope you've had fun. We look forward to seeing you next time. And until then, I got to go actually make dinner. I have got to do some, address some screenwriting notes. Ooh. Uh, Meg, I believe in you. I believe in you too. Ready? Break! Thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in to My Sister Made Me View at the Roswell 1999 edition. Megan and I... <laughs> Megan's playing video games. <laughs> we muted the TV, but my controller says stuff sometimes. So we are so happy to be getting into the meat of season two. Well, can you calm down for five Um, so I did say in our intro that we're on vacation. We're currently recording this before we go on vacation. Uh, we're going to go see friend of the pod, Ted, get married. Wedding. So we're very excited about that. So we'll get everything set up. So you say vacation. I am bringing my work stuff and I will be working on the road. That's true. But the stuff that we have coming up next is... July 5th is our next Our Flag Means Death episode. So that will be up. You can listen to that when it comes out. Then July 7th, we will have our next Words of Radiance episode up. Our first official Words of Radiance since we recorded the Warbreaker episode. Woohoo! And then July the 12th will be our next Our Flag Means Death episode. And our next Roswell episode goes up on July 14th. We're just on a roll, baby. Oh, time goes so fast. No wonder Grant is so old. <laughs> so how about this? Everyone tweet or text us. Not text us. You have to tweet us. Uh, how old do you think Grant is? You can tweet us at sismademeviewit. You can also find us on our Tumblr and our Instagram pages at the same handle. Oh, before I forget, a special thanks to Michael Biancardi for the use of his song, A Passing Storm. And happy Independence Day to our U.S. listeners, those who celebrate the 4th of July. Go see some beautiful fireworks. And we will see you guys on the flippity flop. Do you want to say anything? Oh, sorry. Now I can make noise. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, everyone. I love Bye. you. Bye.